0: To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on the Female Millionaire Show. I'm Idori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and i interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. All right, let me ask you, do you ever feel like you're in an uphill battle with your business trying to break into an industry, especially if it's a male dominated industry? We have a woman named Christina Seely, and she has done just that. She's the CEO and founder of Maximum Games, And they are an incredibly successful video game producer that was listed, Christina was listed as number nine on Forbes fastest growing women-owned businesses. And she has not just broken into this industry, she has just blasted through the ceiling. And we're gonna talk about how she is only one of two women in this industry that has a publicly listed company. How she did it and how you can do crazy things too. So we're going to jump right into it, Christina. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So we have to start with your journey. We were talking before we started recording. You and I have a friend, um, mutual friend that you worked with way, way back when, and you have gone on to do amazing things. So can you talk to us a little bit about your journey? where you started, and then how you got to where you are.
1: Absolutely. Well, I started out as a music major in college thinking I was going to be a rock star, and that didn't really work out. So here I am now (laughs) running a video game company and um, a different kind of rock star, I guess. (laughs) Still in entertainment, so that's good. But, uh, But yeah, I mean, I've always had definitely an entrepreneurial spirit and some might say it's because i'm unemployable but that's not true i really like starting my own things and um, and really seeing them grow and so i uh, started many companies over the years living in Northern California, most of um, the companies that I started had something to do with technology. And I kind of found a niche, which is where I met your mutual, our mutual friend, um, uh, in uh, selling consumer technology uh, in a really easy way through different channels, through either retail channels or digital channels. And so that's kind of what I found that I was good at. And then that uh, just kind of snowballed into other opportunities. And one, of the things that being an entrepreneur and having that spirit that you bring to work is your career can be very varied because you're always looking for what is that next opportunity and what need am I fulfilling? And so I started out doing, um, you know, just like representing small technology products that needed to reach uh, through the retail channel. And then that kind of turned into being a software publisher, uh, where I was doing non-gaming software and then ultimately turned into getting, doing what I'm doing now, which is, um, which is video game publishing where we both develop and create and launch lots of different video games. So the journey is varied all in consumer technology and, um, all, you know, kind of exciting and fun all the way along. I mean, not always. Sometimes
0: it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it never is all fun. But so you broke through a ton of kind of invisible ceilings, but you are in a very male-dominated industry. Uh, sure. I know a little bit about it because of our mutual friend
1: mm-hmm. who
0: I'm very close with. And so I I hear a, I hear the back stories. Yeah. Uh, and so was there ever a time where you thought, holy crap, what am I doing? This is, this is way too, I mean, what, how did you break through these challenges?
1: So I think one of the, one of the experiences that you bring as an entrepreneur is that like gusto to break through because when you're starting something and as an entrepreneur, you're the person who's seen that there's a need and there's an idea. So you're kind of more innately passionate about solving that need or bringing a solution in whatever, whatever business you've started. And I think that um, that passion and that excitement helps you break through any resistance that you have. But the other thing is that entrepreneurism puts you in a different position when you're coming in and selling to a customer. You're coming in as a leader. You're coming in as a solution. And so you kind of break through on the side instead of trying to break through going up. And so when everybody talks about like climbing the corporate ladder, I can see how really difficult that is because you're climbing up and being an entrepreneur as a woman is a great way to kind of break through that cycle because you're not climbing up, you're coming in sideways with a solution and people kind of accept information from you differently when you're coming in as an entrepreneur versus coming in up through um, a corporate structure. And so I've always found that one of the best ways to kind of break through those barriers is just to come at them on the side with a solution.
0: Okay. So I love that you made that analogy. You come in through the side instead of going vertically up. Easier said than done though. And you have to have certain types, you have to have an approach. I'm guessing that you have used or that you have kind of put in your pocket when you go and you pitch something mm-hmm. to a group of of people. In fact, I remember one time, I just have to bring up the story. I was talking with, with our friend and she was talking about how she was in a sales meeting with a table full of men and the the owner was there and her whoever she was representing was giving the pitch. And the owner said to him, the person who was who was potentially going to buy this product. When I tap my fingers on the table, you need to keep moving on. <laughs> it was just very intense. And there's been other stories that she has talked about. So the reason why I want to bring that up is that for for us women entrepreneurs or any entrepreneur, quite frankly, we have different levels of challenges that we put ourselves through. There's different things that we have to deal with and learn to overcome. And What are some of the tools that you've used to help you feel confident? Or at least maybe you're not feeling confident, but you're walking in that room knowing they're gonna listen to you. Can you share some of those tips?
1: That's a great it's a great segue that you just did of what are you doing to get them to listen to you? And I think that acknowledging that you might have to do some extra work to get them to listen to you and being not okay with it because it's not okay, but being like, just understanding that that is going to help get you the best result here, um, helps in those meetings when you're the only woman in the room, or you're going to be selling a product or a service that they are not used to hearing about coming from a woman, uh, from a woman. So for me, I'm always having to talk about video games, which everybody is very uncomfortable hearing that from a woman. It's weird, right? It's weird for me to be able to sit down and have an in-depth conversation about, you know, whatever video game swords or, you know, whatever it's, it doesn't matter. But, but um, one of the things that I have found is allowing yourself time in the beginning of the conversation or the pitch or the meeting or the interaction, whatever that may be to let them get comfortable so that they listen. If you start right away and start like saying, "Okay, here's my product, here's what I'm doing, um, then you're going to miss because they're not listening. They're still kind of getting comfortable with the fact that it's a woman's voice, that you're a woman, that you, you know, oh, my gosh, how should I even be listening to her? Because. This is weird coming out, uh, you know, coming from a woman's perspective. So I always spend the first couple minutes in that meeting, just getting them comfortable, asking about them, asking what are they looking for? What are they, you know, and this is good salesmanship anyway, to be honest with you. But I think it's even more important as a woman to um, make sure that you're letting them get comfortable, that you know what you're talking about and that they should listen to you before you delve right in and give, you know that's that's a bummer and I get it and it shouldn't be that way you have to waste five minutes of the 30 minutes you have getting the other person comfortable, which is a crazy thing that we're in this situation that said, I have found that it really works for me to um not just not just with men but just in most situations get comfortable for those first couple minutes so that when you do start talking about your product that you're selling or the solution that you're going to be um, providing, they're actually listening and they have more trust in you and they have more confidence in what you're saying.
0: Okay. So I have to dive into this a little bit more. So when you walk into a room, you don't know any of the men, or you don't know any of the people, not necessarily men, but you don't know any of the people yet in the room. Or do you have kind of, do you know a little bit more about them? Do you have the questions already set in your mind of what you're going to ask them?
1: No, I think most of it is um, gauging the room to feel out, you know, how comfortable they are with you, with you. You can tell, like you can read a room, right? You can tell that they're, if they're believing you, if they are, um, are they confused that like from where I really ran into this problem was when I was trying to raise money. When I was trying to raise money for my company, I was going out and talking to bankers. I was talking to venture capitalists. I was tra- talking to private equity guys, and they were used to women coming in for Kind of women-oriented businesses, so like something in fashion or something with childcare or something with baby food or something, you know, something that was like kind of quintessentially uh, a female business they were okay with. And I was coming in with video games, and everybody was like, "Wait, what? That's crazy! Um, how does this, you know, how does this person have a video game company?" And so I had to spend a lot of time. Um, readjusting the conversation to show that one I've had four companies so that I've started so I have a long history of success of with companies that I've bought or Um, started, grown, and sold. And then two, I had to spend a lot of time making sure that they understood what I did in the video game industry so that they got comfortable. And it just let them kind of slot me into a space. Then they could start listening to what I said. And, And so that's why I I think it's really important for you to spend some time and you can do it in a very disarming way. Like one of the times you know, one of the things that always happens is people always go, how did you get into video games? They ask one of two questions. They're like, how did you get into video games? Or they'll say, "Um, oh, do you make educational games? And (laughs) because i because I'm a woman and a mom and they just kind of assume I'm making educational games. And I'm like, Nope, you kill people with our games, you know, <laughs> normal video games. You know? And, um, but most of the time they say, how do you get into it? And I always make a joke. And I always say like, Oh, cause I'm a nationally ranked Fortnite player, which everybody th- throws them way off because there's no way that I could be a nationally ranked Fortnite player. But, um, But sometimes you can disarm them with humor. Um, Sometimes you can disarm them with questions about what are they looking for or what are, you know, depending on what your product or service is. Um, And then sometimes, and this is unfortunate, but sometimes you have to lay the groundwork for your previous success so that they're comfortable listening to your future success. And if you're laying the groundwork for what you've accomplished before, then they're more apt to listen to you that you're going to be able to solve their problem, sell them a product or, or do whatever, whatever your business is.
0: So basically it's kind of proving yourself,
1: you know, yeah. right. Yeah. And that's
0: okay. You just have to be prepared for it. Yeah. Really, is what I'm and hearing it, from you.
1: It is. It's, it's like, you know, we're coming from a different place. It'd be different if you were coming in and I looked like the quintessential video game CEO. If I came in with, you know, a man in a hoodie with Converse, you know what I mean? Like it would be different. They would listen right away in that situation because it kind of looks the part of the video game guy. Um, And so for me, in, in you know, I wish it was different. And I'm hoping by me being in this position, I will make it different for future women in tech. My goals today in this industry is to normalize women running technology companies and specifically women running and being in the room around decisions that are being made in the video game industry. And the more I'm out there and the more I'm talking about it, the less time the next woman is going to have to spend making sure that the room is comfortable with her because yeah. I will have normalized it. And um,
0: yeah, and I, and I, I love that you're doing that. One thing that I work on with my clients though, is take is how do you use that, that part that maybe isn't, you know, like what you talked about, you don't look the part, right. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you, you don't, you don't have the hoodie on with the converse on. Mm-hmm. So psychologically, when you walk in, they already have often, I'm guessing they have a wall up, right. Mm-hmm. So how can you use that to your benefit? So that's one yeah. thing that I talk a lot about with my clients is like, okay, so how can, and so the way that I, when I hear you talk Christina, I'm, I'm thinking, well, hell yeah. She's she's done it, she's sold four companies. So she has taken something that that may have been a weakness, right? But she's been able to able to overcome those that perception and still be wildly successful, especially in this industry. So y- you'd be a fool not to bank on her.
1: Right? Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean I think, yeah. And it's it is a bummer that we have to spend that time proving ourselves. The but the truth is. The more we do it, the more normalized it becomes. And then the next crowd and the next woman that goes in is going to have a much easier experience because it will be more normalized. And so I think that there's a lot of ways to break down that wall. One is humor. One is proof points of, you know, previous success, um, and, And one is knowledge about the, the, the people that you're meeting with too. And I think that's something that women overall tend to be very, very good at because we tend to be more very prepared when we go into a meeting. Um, we do a little bit of our research, we know, and I think that that really helps solidify the confidence that the other party would have about, you know, buying your product or working with you, um, so those things I think are are really important, really great things that that women can do, and um, and I think that actually uh, humor comes off from women so well, so well. They appreciate it. It disarms the room. You don't have to be hilarious. You just have to make a little joke. It's not a stand up, you know, but making that, um, making it be a little bit more fun makes everybody more comfortable and it just disarms the room. And so the use of humor, there's a lot of books that are being written right now, actually about humor in the workplace and how, how much it can soften edges and make everybody more comfortable, even when there's very diverse backgrounds.
0: I, I completely agree with that. I've seen it work. I it's humor is almost like this magic tool, right? It just, it right. changes everything. It's, it's universe, universal. Okay. So you said that you've sold, you've started and sold four companies. Um, you are only one of two women owned or women, um,
1: publicly, Red, tra- public, yeah. Yeah. Publicly mm-hmm. traded publicly with companies. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So how did you get there? So I know that you're saying you go into these rooms, you think of it differently. But did you set goals to get yourself to certain levels? How did you make these incremental uh, um,
1: I think that segments? that overall I have a very high level of risk tolerance? So I have been very um comfortable taking taking that next risk with my businesses. And Um, I probably have an unhealthy belief in my own ability to get things done and work it out, but, um, but I really do have a high level of risk tolerance. And I think that that's a really important, uh, thing for any entrepreneur to have. If you are not risk tolerant, entrepreneurship is not for you because that it is just a one risk after another. Um, but I think that the combination of risk tolerance, which, which I have because I'm confident that i can work it out on the other side if it doesn't happen um that's one uh thing that's really helped me take each step up um but the other big thing is um is i am not afraid to fail and that is a different thing than risk tolerance i think risk tolerance is really more about like money and people and how much you're willing to risk and that kind of thing failure is more of a personal thing and um how much uh how much uh, weight do you put on um, failing? And I think the video game industry is a really interesting parallel for how we think about failure because um, in a video game, if you fail, if you die, you are not sad, you are not defeated. You are not sitting around and saying, I give up. You are so excited. You're so excited to take everything that you just learned when you were trying to clear that level and put it into your you know toolkit for your next pass at trying to accomplish that quest or clear that level. And I think that if we all kind of look at our work life a little bit more like how we play games, we would have really successful work experiences and entrepreneurial journeys because you would start looking at things like Um, failure entirely different. You'd be very motivated by the failure, right? Because you just learned a bunch of things. Like now, you know, I'm not going to go around that corner because there's a guy with, you know, a gun around that corner. So I'm going to turn this way. And you're excited to try again. Um, There's a bunch of other things in video games that teach us how to be better work and life Um, people as well, like resource management. You know that if you're going to be able to clear this level or if you're going to do a quest, you need certain things in your toolkit and in your bag in order to go um, accomplish this quest. And in or if you if so you go do the things you need to do. you need to go like collect health, you need to go collect food, you need resources, you need to do all of the things. We need to do all of this in our life anyway. And you take all of those things in order for you to go clear that next level. And I think that that there's a lot of video game um, approach that you can use in entrepreneurship. That's a whole nother podcast, though, right? I feel like <laughs> it's
0: almost a whole book, quite frankly. I love the analogies are fantastic because we can all. It, it's just with business and with all these people that I talk with that are, you know, entrepreneurs. So much of it is just a frame of mind, and when you can right. pivot that and think of it from a different approach, a different um, angle, it can change everything. So I love exactly. how you talked about that. It's, think of it as a game. Uh, you know, you're yeah. going and to I lose in it- certain places
1: when you even when you're thinking specifically about entrepreneurism and you approach it with a gamer's lens all of a sudden you're thinking about uh you know you're thinking about failure differently you're thinking about resource management differently you're thinking about um, multiplayer differently you know when you have when you're playing a game and you're playing a multiplayer game, it is very natural for everybody to kind of fall into the roles that they need to do in order to accomplish the task. In order to to, um, run that dungeon, you have to have a healer and a tank and an AD carry. And, you know, you need all of these different like skill sets, right? And it's so easy. And when you're working with your team, if you can get them to frame how they work together in the same way that they would if they were playing a game together, all of a sudden you have no problems in team dynamics, right? Because everybody is is already going, oh, I understand. They have a lot of respect for each other's roles. They have a lot of respect for what each other needs to do because you acknowledge that you're not going to be able to accomplish it until you all do it together.
0: Okay. So I have the name of your book. How to how to create a publicly traded company <laughs> from a gamer's framework.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, just
0: something like that. Right. It's just, I, I, I love all these analogies in the way that you think of it. So let me ask you this. Of course I own fuel the fire. And so we're all about having small little, uh, we call them circles, uh, mm-hmm. business growth circles. And it's about women getting real and talking about the real crap going on in their business. Because you can have those super highs, but like you said, it's, uh, you know, you have to have a tough skin to be an entrepreneur. So there's mm-hmm. always going to be those super lows as well. And we have to learn how to overcome them. So as a woman entrepreneur, a CEO, do you have a group of women outside of your own business that you meet with or that you talk to or a mentor? Do you, who do you have a tribe that you go to that helps support you when times are challenging and good?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's been different over the course of my life of who my group and and support system has been. Um, today, now it's it's I'm in a I'm very grateful to be in the place that I' am now because I've been able to establish some really great networks. With other women who are running companies of my same size um, or even some much, much larger. So I'm in a, a couple different networking groups. I'm in one group called C200 that is, uh, you know, for women who are running companies, and it's both entrepreneurs and corporates. Um, and that's really interesting, because you have um, a different perspective from people who climbed the ladder instead of coming in at it on the side, like an entrepreneur does. And I'm um, getting both of those perspectives from people who are working in really, really large um, companies is is really interesting. So I have a wonderful group of friends in that group. And then uh, when I started being in this, uh, having one of my companies listed, um, I started meeting with a group that um, is men. I'm the only woman, or I think there's one other woman in that group um, that also run public companies. And that was really important because I needed that extra support of um, you know things that are very particular about being listed which is very different than entrepreneur y- your entrepreneurial journey um and then uh but i think it's amazing what you're doing because you need women need to have the support i think that especially as an entrepreneur you're so busy you think you don't have time for it but actually it's the most it's it's one of the most important things that you can do is spend time with other women who are in um you know kind of maybe not exactly the same growth stage of their companies. That's not as important as it is that everybody is telling each other the truth about what's happening because the reality is the business issues are the same, regardless of whatever segment of business you're in. And um, and having those real conversations, you can get so much out of solving somebody else's problem because you know how to... Um, you know, what you're going to take away some of those things to deal with the stuff that's going on in your own business.
0: Totally agree. Right. And it reminds us sometimes of things that we've forgotten. And then when you hear someone's challenge, like, oh, wait a minute, I remember what I did in that situation. And so, and it it just helps bring it back. And so thank you for sharing that. It's really important. It is, it is super important. It's, it's invaluable for us to keep going. Okay. Real quick. We are going to shift gears and we're going to play a game. Are you ready? So here's my question. If you had the opportunity and you had like a free pass, I know that you have kids and everything else. You had a free pass and you got to make out with one person. Who would it be here? I'm going to give you a list of three, but you can also put in your own. You ready? So wait, who I get to make out with? Who you get to make out with. You get to make out with anyone. This, these are business people. And okay. so, you know, assuming you have a conversation with this person beforehand and you're like, yeah, hey, sure. All, of, right? the all of the
1: things, all of the things that go my husband right. doesn't care. Right. It's You have a free pass. This is your, pass. your hall yeah. pass,
0: right? Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. So here is your, your three choices. And then if you have another one to add in, you can't. So number one, Richard Branson, number two, Ryan Reynolds. We all know him, the actor, but he also has
1: just oh yeah
0: rushed it with businesses your Um, third
1: one better be good because otherwise it's going to be ryan reynolds
0: (laughs) i know i know it's so hard okay you should have left ryan to the end go ahead yeah okay sorry well the other one's great too
1: michael jordan is the third one okay okay so it's still going to be ryan reynolds and that's only because michael jordan smokes cigars
0: Oh yeah. And he has a gambling issue, although it doesn't seem to gambling. affect him negatively. Yeah.
1: The but, cigars more than the gambling. But yes, I would say that uh that's gonna be Ryan Reynolds for me.
0: Okay. You know what? He's a good, he's a great pick. Yes. All right. But- well, thank you so much. This has been incredibly enlightening and You know, just just from the frameworks that you talked about, the mindset frameworks, um, how you've gotten through things and just sharing your story has been incredibly impactful. And I know it's going to be incredibly helpful for so many listeners out there. So thank you for being with us. And before you go, where can people tell us your website
1: again and then where people can can follow you? Uh, The website is Maximum Ent, E-N-T. The company's name is Maximum Entertainment. and uh, lots of games, lots of different games that you can choose from. And uh, one of our Uh, most popular games that we have right now. We have two on Steam, one in early access and one regular. We have Small Land, which is an open world survival game that is in early access right now on Steam. And then we also have Super Animal Royale, which is a battle royale um, with little tiny um, animals shooting each other. And it's really fun. And so that one is on Steam called Super Animal Royale. So check one of those out.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing your book when it comes out.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Okay.